I hope you enjoy the upcoming content that we'll have for you on today's episode. I think you'll get quite a bit out of it. And know that today's episode is brought to you by the Swim Master Melody Course at successwithmusic.com. If you are in the songwriting game, if you are in the production game, make sure you understand what it takes to create a melody before you get to mastering and mixing and all that man it all starts with a powerful melody check it out today it is absolutely worth the investment the swim master melody course at successwithmusic.com hey let's get to the show this is swim success with music Yo, how you feel? This is Walt. I am your music coach, your cheese popcorn master, your, if it's on sale, I'm buying two bags grabber. So yummy. Yo, let's dive in. Hey, what's going on, guys? Again, this is Walt. This is Success With Music. Swim. I am your music coach. And this episode, this show is all about musicians, helping you get better at your craft, helping you get better at performance. And in this series, we've been dealing with how to get better with marketing your music. And we will get to that in just a moment. But first, I would like to thank all of our new listeners checking in from all around the world. We've had quite a few folks follow us in the past week. I appreciate that very much. Listeners from South America, Asia, of course, in the U.S. and beyond. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope that we will give you some information that will be worth your while as a musician. And if you're not familiar with the format of the show, we typically get into some fun and interesting things at the very top of the show. And I would like to get into that right now. All right. So for today, I want to talk about mysteries in life, mysteries in life. This is music related, by the way, just in case if you're wondering. Um, but I want to give you a couple of um Examples about mysteries in life. One mystery I cannot figure out is why is it that when I'm driving and I have a quick break, I don't know, at a traffic light and I want to send someone a text or whatever, it isn't it mysterious how the light just changes super fast back to green. You got to throw your phone down. No texting and driving, of course. And uh, the lights go super fast. But conversely, If you're like super late to work or to an important event, every single traffic light on the planet is red. And yeah, grandmas from all over the world descend on the road you're driving on and they get right in front of you. I don't understand this mystery in life. It's just a a conundrum. Here's another life mystery for those of you who live with other people. Um, just today, I've been out hustling, doing my thing, doing some work. I finally get home and I want to relax a bit and chill. So I come in the house. No one's around. The TV's there. The remote is there waiting for me. The TV's off, by the way. No one's in the room. And I'm like, oh, you know what? Let me go ahead and heat up some food. And I'm going to sit down and chill and just watch a little TV real fast. No sooner than I start grabbing the plates and just grabbing my food out the fridge magically people appear in the room and grab the remote and decide that, oh no, they're going to turn on the TV right then, right there. 
I don't understand it. It's like magic. I wasn't there, but all of a sudden I appeared in the room and then magically that room became more attractive. I don't know if you have these kind of problems in your life. It depends on your living setup. I just find it very odd. It's just a mystery I can't figure out. Well, I want to give you another mystery here. Kind of a different mystery. I came across something I did not understand and I still don't. So let me tell you what happened. So when I finally got the TV on, I'm watching an action movie, which I love. And I'm, I'm kind of down with all the hero base movies, if you will, from DC Comics and um, in Marvel. So anyhow, I'm watching this uh, DC movie and... Um, At the very end of the movie, I just kind of let the TV stay on and I'm just there poking around on my phone and I start gaming and doing some things on my phone and I realize, oh, you know what? The end of the movie is here. I wonder if DC will have like these extra bonus scenes like Marvel has had um, over the years. So I just kind of let the TV stay on. The hidden mystery scene never comes. But as I'm sitting there, I happen to look up and I'm looking at all of the music credits and, and you've probably seen this in movies before or in the credits for movies where you have things like the artists who were featured in the mu- in, in the movie or their albums or uh, music supervisors, composers, record label credits, whatever. But today I saw something that remains as a mystery. I noticed a title of a person working in the, in the music side of this movie. And this person's title is score Wrangler score Wrangler. Yep. Just like wrangling cowboy score Wrangler. I've never seen this type of title for any music related thing in a movie ever. So it's a mystery to me. So I assume that it has something to do with the scoring of the mu- of the movie, the music of the theme music for the movie. But I- I've never heard this title. So in preparing for the show, I always tell you guys, I hop on the Internet. I'm looking around for information. Google will tell you any and everything and quite frankly, way too much sometimes. And I'm looking for score Wrangler on Google. And here's the weirdest thing. Google tells me nothing. And for those of you that know the workarounds in Google, you can use quotes for phrases to make to force Google to give you exactly what you're looking for. Very simple. Quote, score, Wrangler, unquote. So that forces Google to give you that exact phrase, not have the word score separated by multiple words. Uh, The only thing I found was another guy asking, hey, what in the world is score Wrangler? (laughs) Wrangler. So anyhow, it's a mystery. So the more I looked into it, digging around on the Internet, the only thing that I was able to uncover is another title for this particular role. That title, Music Wrangler. So anyhow, the point being is that whenever you want something from Google, sometimes Google will give you way too much information. In this instance, it gave me in my mind, nothing. So uh, I'm bringing this up for two reasons. One, to just say, hey, isn't it kind of crazy how things work? Um, but on the other side of it, if any of you guys happen to know, I mean, really know what a, a score Wrangler is, I would like to know. So do me a favor. Send me a message to ask at successwithmusic.com. Ask at successwithmusic.com. 
Please provide me with credible information, not your guesses. And for those of you who have credible information, I will gladly send you a free signed copy of the book Jingle Money. That is my thanks to you for giving me some enlightenment. And I also want to share the answer with our listening audience. So please send that answer in so I can be educated and we can have a two-way street here. All right. Appreciate it. Today is part three in our ongoing music marketing series. So be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss out on content we will be covering in coming weeks. Let's continue. All right, in the first two series of this episode, we've been dealing with the importance of branding your music, your band, or persona. All right, so today I want to start to dig into spreading the news about your brand to the masses. So let's begin to dig into the idea of marketing your music. Now, as someone who has worked with a number of musicians over the years, I know that the concept of music marketing and advertising is a very very big topic, but it's an important topic, right? And the simple reason why it's important is that you want people to become aware of your music. You believe that if you simply got enough attention, if people heard your music, your music career could go to the next level. Pretty easy stuff, right? So we've we've identified what you want, but how to get there, how to get people to hear and pay attention to your music, that is really where the marketing comes into play. And if you think about it, that goes for all kinds of marketing. The whole goal is to make people aware of a product or idea or organization, and we hope that they will act on whatever that thing is or whatever's being presented. We're looking for them to act. And you're in In your case, we're looking for people to follow your music, pick up your album, come to your show, what have you. Let's start to tackle this concept of advertising your music with an example. And I'm going to stick with this example throughout our time today. So let's start with the example of Times Square in New York City. It's a very, very great place. I've been many times and um, it's a crowded place. I mean, it's it's exciting. There's lights and, you know, there you're there with all the the retail outlets and things like that. People are everywhere. There's cars and buses and bikes and taxis and interesting odors. It's all there. Now, with all of this going on, let's now assume that you show up to Times Square and you have a mission. Here's your mission. You are there to declare to everyone That's there in Times Square that you found the answer for, let's say, uh, world hunger. You found a solution for it. How many of these people would actually pay attention to you if you were to announce that to everyone there? Hey, guys, I have the answer to world hunger right here. I really want you to think about what I'm saying. This may sound ridiculous on its face, but I'm I'm really trying to make a point. Again, you step into time you you step into Times Square. Your mission is to convince people that you have the the answer for world hunger. How do you achieve that in Times Square? How do you get people to follow or to pay attention to what you're saying? Let's let's change our analogy just a bit. Imagine that you are there. You're in Times Square. You're on vacation or you're you're visiting family or friends, whatever you may be doing. And some guy runs up to you and say, hey, yo, 
I've, I've got the, 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 the answer to world hunger right here in my backpack. How would you feel? <laughs> how would you feel about this person that came up to you that start babbling on about the secret to solving world hunger? Of course, you would think this person is crazy or some type of con artist looking to, I don't know, steal your wallet or something like that. Right. But you the one thing that you will not that you would not do is give that person any credence or any nothing they say, nothing they said to you in that moment would be given any validity. Am I right? Of course, I'm right. You know that you would not pay any mind to someone that came up to you in Times Square saying that they have the the answer to world hunger. I want to push our example even further. Let's just say by chance. This person actually did have the answer for the world for world hunger and was inviting you to participate in having your name etched in the history books as the guys that changed the world and in the, the plight of hunger and the plight of the hungry forever. What if what if this guy actually had the answer for it? The problem becomes belief, right? You're not going to believe it at first. If someone comes to you and, and tells you that you're just not going to put any stock into it. It's kind of funny. Sorry, I'm going on a, a little aside here. I always love these movies where there's time travel involved and someone comes back from the future and, and they're like, you're not going to believe this, but you just need to trust me. Have you seen these movies? I love these movies because I'm thinking, what would I do if someone came back and they were trying to be as convincing as possible, but they're telling you something that seems unbelievable, like time travel, like I've been there tomorrow. You need to go left, not right. Don't go to work. Stay home. Anyhow, it's just an interesting thought. We as human beings, we're skeptical. That's the whole point of what I'm saying is that if I'm sorry, I'm going back to my Times Square thing here. If someone comes up to you and talks about solving world hunger, the first thing that you need to overcome is unbelief, right? You're not going to believe what that person is saying. You're not going to give it any credence. Now, again, my, my example may seem like it's over the top, but this is reality for a lot of musicians. So I'm going to move back to the world of the musician. I am giving this illustration to drive home this fact. Musicians promote their music in the way that I just mentioned a second ago. They claim that their music is earth shattering. It's magnificent, life changing and everybody needs to buy their music. You feel me? I mean, it's what the world's been wait. It is what the world's been waiting for. The Titan of euphony has descended from Mount Olympus to share his beats with mankind. And again, I'm making jokes here, but I'm being serious. Musicians act like this. They act like they have descended from the realms of the heavenlies and they've shown up on planet Earth with their beats and they're telling everybody, yo, buy my music, buy my album, come to my show because I'm the hottest thing since whatever. Okay, so you still may not believe what I'm talking about. I dare you, I dare you to connect with a few musicians on Twitter, on Facebook, on IG, whatever. Connect with a few musicians that are trying to promote their album or just starting out and touring locally or whatever. Just see what they post. And I guarantee you they will be pushing their music harder than El Chapo. Again, you don't have to believe me. 
just connect with a few of these people online and see how hard they push their music. That's exactly what they do. They act as though their music is the cure to cancer. And I'm not saying this to be demeaning at all. And you may be getting the impression that there's something wrong with a musician pushing his or her music. There's nothing wrong with promoting your music. Absolutely nothing. Here's the issue that I, I am making. The issue comes down to how you promote your music, how you characterize your music, who you're speaking to. Okay, so that that is the issue that I'm taking here. And that's why I use the Times Square analogy. So let's think back to that analogy. If that guy truly had the solution to hunger in the world, Times Square is not the place for his message. It's the wrong place. And that is the main thing that I want to drive home today. You need to deliver your message to the right audience, in the right place, in the right environment. And I'm hoping that that Times Square analogy will really remind you of that. Let's go ahead and move into our tip of the day because I want to tackle this and give you a few thoughts on what you can do to start to advertise your music in a way that's effective. And this tip is brought to you by me. I'm a music coach, speaker, author, and composer. If you have any upcoming music events at your school, college, or conference, I would love to be a part of what you're doing. Invite me out as a panelist, as a guest speaker, or contributor, and I'll be happy to share with you the knowledge that I have regarding music and advertising, composition, songwriting, audio engineering, and more. Send me more information about what you have going on to ask at successwithmusic.com. That's ask at successwithmusic.com. All right, so let's get back to Times Square being our backdrop. Allow me to offer you the following tips for marketing your music. Here's the first thing. Try not to go to places where there are distracting voices. So if you think about Times Square, there's a lot of people there, right? So even if you have something to say, there's so much noise and clutter there that it's going to be really, really hard to get your point across. So let's translate this to what you should do as a musician. Stop promoting your music in random places. Some musicians, they get on people's pages or feeds or or what have you, and they just start randomly promoting their music. You see this sometimes in the real world where someone will walk up to you and like, hey, you want to buy my music? Check me out online. And it's like, dude, I was going to get a hamburger. Like, I'm not here to grab your music. So try not to promote your music in a place that offers a lot of other things as well. There's way too much distraction in those environments. Now, the places you should be pushing your music, you should be promoting your music at music conferences. And there's a ton of them that happen all around the world, all around the country, workshops, conferences, conventions. That's the place you want to promote your music. Promote your music on music related sites or blogs. Promote your music at local shows or to local venues. That's that's where you want to promote your music. All right. Next tip. Go after a smaller audience. Now, in our example, there's a large number of people in Times Square. Even if you began to, even if you began to get a few people to pay attention to you, because of all of the noise that's there, you're going to actually have to amplify your voice. You're going to have to shout a lot louder for people to hear you. The translation for you as a musician means this. As a musician, 
if you go to a place where there is a huge crowd, you have to actually exert more energy. What does that mean? You actually have to spend more money on your advertising if you decide to market your music to a huge or very, very large audience. It's just it just comes with the territory. So let me give you some examples of what you should not do with respect to that. So as an example, if I were you, I would not fly out to L.A. with your street team to hand out flyers for your next single. To me, that makes no sense. Now, there's nothing wrong with L.A. I was I was just out there a few months ago. Beautiful city. But there are tons of musicians out there. There's tons of competition. Let's say you're in the Midwest and you decide to pack up your team and just roll out to L.A. to promote your music. You're going to be overwhelmed by the huge number of competing acts, bands, musicians, singers, that type of thing. You're not going to have enough firepower to be effective in a city like that. I would recommend something like if you're going to go and try to promote your music, take your car, take your street team or whatever. Go to a small little city that neighbors yours, maybe where bands don't do a lot of touring. Maybe the national acts don't come through that town. Set up your marketing there. You'll get a lot bigger bang for your buck. People actually may pay attention to your your street teams there. I'm just using that as an example, of course, but I'm trying to give you two different worlds. There's one world where you're trying to shout to the masses. It requires a huge amount of energy or you can take the same amount of energy and be far more effective with a smaller audience. All right. Last tip. Get to know people before selling to them. Now, in our Times Square example, we have a guy walking up to someone and saying, hey, I have the solution to world hunger right here. That's weird. It makes people feel that you are, as I said before, a con artist or just crazy. No introduction, no anything. No, hey, let's get to know each other. Just, hey, I can cure world hunger. I can solve it. You sound nuts, but musicians do this all of the time when they're selling their music. And I've heard it a billion. I mean, I'm, I'm serious. I've heard this so much. Yo, my album drops next week. Yeah. Make sure you cop it. And I'm like, I'm, I'm never going to just randomly buy your album because you said it's dropping next week. That's stupid. And I'm sorry to be so harsh, but I want if, if you guys are doing that, stop doing that. Stop going online. Stop showing up at random places talking about my album about to drop. Buy it. It's the dumbest strategy ever. It's, it's, it's a waste of time. And therefore, the people that you're talking to, they give you no credence and they just write you off as some weird con artist or crazy person. No one takes you seriously. What you need to do is create a relationship. If I truly had the cure to world hunger and I walked up to someone on Times Square, it's better for me to introduce myself. Hey, my name is Walt. Hey, I'm from here. Blah, blah, blah. Hey, how are you? What brings you here? Hey, are you from around here? That type of thing. The point is I would start to forge some type of relationship with them. So how does this translate? For, how does this translate for you as a musician? As a musician, you should be asking people, let's say in on social media formats. Hey, who's your favorite artist? Hey, what kind of music do you like? Hey, what, what's the what, what what's the last show that you you checked out? Hey, I have free merch. Or hey, I got 
a song that you can have for free or, hey, you know what? Give me your thoughts about this album art that I'm working on. That draws people out versus, hey, it's our first time meeting. Please buy my product. When marketing, you cannot take that express lane to, hey, support me financially. You need to do something to create some type of relationship with your audience so that you are given credence. You are taken seriously. You're not seen as someone walking around with their hand out saying my music is hot. And again, I'm challenging you guys. I'm telling you, I see this all of the time in real life, just walking around at a mall. I see it online. It's everywhere. And I don't believe I'm embellishing here. I don't think I'm going over the top. Again, my Times Square example seems kind of crazy. This is reality. Don't don't be that guy or gal. Don't be that person. I want you to market your music in a more sensible way. So those are the tips. Make sure that you follow those tips. And when you do, I'm telling you that your music marketing will be more successful. All right. So there's a lot more to cover. I feel like we're just uh, scratching the surface. We are. Uh, but I'm hoping that you will start to kind of understand the, the, the mentality that you should have as you're developing your marketing. All right. So let's do this. Let's meet up again next week. Go ahead and subscribe to the podcast right now so that you can get all of the podcasts in this series. So yeah, go ahead and do it right now. Go ahead and subscribe. Hey, do me a favor too. While, while you're there, leave me a review. That helps out quite a bit as everything that's being provided here on this podcast is completely free to you. All I ask is that you'll support us by providing that review. And uh, yeah, if you have a question, go ahead and send it to me as well. That can be done at ask at successwithmusic.com. Ask at successwithmusic.com. Yo, check me next week. If you buy me cheese popcorn, I will be your best friend forever and ever. And